All right, thank you. And there's a few things that God is teaching me right now in my life. One of the things is that um, can I be real with you and know, and for you to know that I am undone, I have struggles and I have many battles. Some of you might not feel that's appropriate for a pastor. And I can appreciate that because as a leader, um, one of the questions is, am I smoking what I'm selling? That might not have been appropriate, but I just said it. <laughs> Point proven. Here's the thing. Can... Um, Knowing that I have struggles and I have battles myself, I heard a pastor call, say it this way. I call it looking bad in the presence of love. In other words, when I'm at my darkest moments, I have several people. One of them is my wife. I have other people right here I'm looking at right here that I am undone, don't have it together. But when you look bad in the presence of love, listen, listen, because you might miss this. This is actually a picture of the gospel. Like when my wife loves me at my darkest moments, our marriage is presenting the gospel. I want people to understand that the church is not here um, to make everything in your life go well or for you to now not have any problems. Now, there is, there is truth. If you do the right thing and you practice wisdom, you will avoid a lot of trouble. I, I, I think you ought to know that, especially young people. Students ought to understand that doing the wise thing, there, your chances are better. But in life, there is trouble. And it's not about walking, listen, walking without trouble. It's about how to walk through trouble. And some of you have experienced enough loss and enough pain to know exactly what I'm talking about. So I'll just turn to this crowd over here. I mean, you guys, you know that everybody, we struggle. The church is here to help me and for us to become a better husband, dad, better mom, better wife, better friend. And one of the things I have to live in my life, I have to live out, is my entitlement and my comfort secondary to the glory of God. That's a constant struggle in my life. Because I am so driven by my own comfort and my own entitlement. And I want God's glory to be first. God's glory should be first before my pleasure. And I know that many people think that the Christian life is supposed to be nothing more than a deep experience of God's presence 24-7. And the truth is he is always with us. There's no place you can go away from his presence. Do I experience his presence? Yes. 24-7? No. 
But here's what sustains me in my journey to follow Christ. It's a thirst for God. You see, I want to be the kind of pastor that knows the Lord in a way that arouses the people around me to thirst for God because the truth is sometimes you're not completely experiencing him. I want us to hunger and thirst for the most important things. I want us to be able to keep first things first and to walk through this life because see, everybody here's got a different story and you've got a different place. And I want us to be a people that hunger and thirst for God. So if you have your Bible, I want you to turn to 1 John chapter two. That's where we're gonna be all month. We're only in this chapter in the hopes that you would hunger and thirst for the word of God. We're just gonna be in this chapter the whole month. We were in verses one through six last week where we talked about the love of God and what God has done through Jesus and that if we love him, we will keep his commands, the first test. And so we continue in verse seven in chapter two. Beloved, I am writing to you no new commandment, but an old commandment that you had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word that you have heard. At the same time, it is a new commandment that I am writing to you, which is true in him and in you because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. Whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. Whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light and in him there is no cause for stumbling. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Now I am writing to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. I am writing to you, you fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I am writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, children, because you know the Father. I write to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the evil one. Verses seven and eight show us that the essential mark of a Christian life is brotherly love. Brotherly love is the essential mark for a follower of Jesus. John chapter 15, verse 12, Jesus said, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. So this is what John is trying to say, that which Jesus taught us that we follow his command is nothing new, but it's a new command because Jesus is the revelation. He is the very image of the invisible God. And so what we see in Jesus is giving us this command that we are supposed to love each other as I have loved you. And he says, it's not a new command. 
The command from God to love him with all your heart, soul, and might is in the Old Testament also. In fact, in the Shema, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 and 5, begins with this word, hear. Here, here is the word Shema. That's, where, that's why they call this prayer the Shema. And it means to listen. Listen means to hear, focus, pay attention. It was interesting because for Hebrews, it would be, it's kind of the two sides to one coin. Listen and do this. Hear, listen, obey this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. And he says, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And the command from God is not to avenge others. There's nothing new also in, that we, in what Jesus said when he said, love the Lord your God with everything you have and love your neighbor as yourself is not new. You have to turn to Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18. You shall not avenge, nor hold, bear any grudge against the children of thy people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. And so the mark for us is that it's not new. It's something God has been about. But it is a distinguishing mark of the life Jesus brought to the earth. It is the distinguishing mark of life. I want to challenge you today in, for us to not wander away from the most important things. And that is we are to love... He, he, Jesus, Jesus has commanded us that we are to love the Lord and love one another. And here's the, because, because he contrasts that in verses 9 and 11. Because hatred causes us to stumble because we live in the darkness. Look at verse 9. Whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. Right? There's a test. Do you love your brother? Listen, America has coping issues. We have a coping issue. We are struggling to cope. Anger is prevalent. Fear is prevalent. It is darkness and confusion. I want to challenge us to be a peculiar people. To, to have a love for God that plants our life on the rock, Christ Jesus, and that we love peculiarly. You know, we are, our hope is, is that our church is filling heaven. That's what we're trying to do. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to, for other people to know the gospel of Christ. And we are overhauling, making a more ergonomic setting for more people to fit into that room. We are not doing that just for numbers. We're doing that so that other people would know. And if you look at John 17, which was Jesus's prayer for himself and for his disciples and for all of his followers, 
It was not that we would know more. It was not even that we would have more power. It would be that we would love one another. And let me tell you something, folks. If we will grab a hold of loving God passionately and loving others in a way that even our culture around us, see the culture around us, when somebody does something bad, says something bad, you just say something bad back, you return evil for evil. Don't do that. That might make your flesh feel okay. That's not what God's commanded us. We're supposed to love one another. Billy and Eric Grant remind me constantly of how I'm not only supposed to be praying for my family and for us, I'm supposed to be praying for my enemies. I'm supposed to be praying, hey folks, when's the last time you prayed for people that weren't your skin color? God is calling us to be peculiar in a world of sameness where everybody's divided and fighting and everything. People just cannot hold their anger. I am very concerned as I stand here today that many people in our country think if you vote a certain way, they're Christians. It's not true. There is one way to the Father. It's through Jesus. And Jesus commands us to love God with everything we have and love our neighbors. We are, students, I want to just, I want to, in the name of Jesus, I want to remind you that the most important thing in our group, in our whole ministry, everything that Luke and Jordan does, I want to tell you the most important thing is to love God and love other people. Loving other people, and it's not just when you're together. It's loving people that are new, that aren't like us. When you go to school, love, love, love. Here's the thing that's interesting, because I think some of you are like, well, Johnny, I'm not soft like that. You're just saying we ought to be softer. We ought to be soft. No, I'm, I'm telling you, I see very few people in the world around me, including my generation, that are not tough enough to love. Because it's harder to put other people first. You see, when I come here on Sunday morning, I have to change my mindset. This is not about me. Now, some of you might be like, well, you're the only one talking right now. I feel like, yes, God has a call in my life, but I am the least likely person to be called into this. This is not about me. And let me tell you, this is something for you in your work Here's a little leadership nugget. When I come here on Sunday morning, am I obsessed with me and what I do and how I look and how I, what I, the accolades I get, people like me or say the things I'm supposed to? Or is it really about you? Is it about me or is it about we? And one of the things I have to intentionally do as God gives me grace is when I come is to engage you. It's not about me. This is not about me. This is about us and what we're doing together. I want us to be a people that are marked by the essential, this brotherly love that we love each other. And one of the things, I'm gonna say something that's not very quantitative, might not be very, uh, you can't quite measure it, but something my dad used to say. He said, you can't fool dogs and kids. They can tell whether you like them or not. And you know, that's so true. For me, when I come, it's so important. I mean, sometimes I gotta go get some, go to the restroom. I gotta go get a bottle of water or something. But it's so important that I engage and be with it because this is not about me. And when we come together on Sunday morning, we're like, hey, hey, listen, 
I'm not a consumer. I'm, a, I'm called to be a contributor. And it's the same for all of us. So when you go to work, is it about you? So when you go to school, is it just about going to be about you? When you come to church on Sunday night, when you, when you come, is it just about you? God is calling us to something higher than that. And that is that we love one another. That means I have empathy. That means that when I come here, that there are people that there's some people that are just have lost a loved one. There's some people that are just on cloud nine. Everything's going great. I mean, just for me to enter into and empathize with other people and to know that challenges us to love, have brotherly love. It's the essential mark. Now, some of you here that have been hurt, you've been hurt. You're like, Johnny Mac, I'm not like that. Let me show you a couple of things. First of all, in verse 9, whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in the darkness. Don't stay in the darkness. God is very clear. If there is hatred in our hearts, there is darkness in our hearts. And he says three things right there. He says, darkness or hatred will cause us to stumble. Darkness brings us confusion. Darkness brings blindness. And the answer is love. Walking in love is walking in the light. No more stumbling, no more confusion, no more blindness. And then in verse 10, those who love will not stumble because they are walking in the light. Verse 10, whoever loves his brother abides in the light, and in him there is no cause for stumbling. So I guess I ask you today, are you someone who is a fan, like somebody that looks at Jesus and says, this is all good, going to church and everything. Are you a fan or a follower? Are you a follower of Christ to follow his commands, or are you a fan? I want to challenge you that God wants us to walk in love, but he also wants us to share that with other people. If it, I'm reminded of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 1 through 3. You've heard these words before. It reads, If I speak in the tongues of men and even of angels, but have not love, that is, that that reasoning, that intentionality, spiritual devotion, inspired by God's love for and in us, then I am only a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers, the gift of interpreting the divine will and purpose of God, I know everything and understand all the secret truths and mysteries and possess all knowledge. And if I have faith, so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing, a useless nobody. And even if I give out all I have to the poor, food, and if I surrender my body to be burned and in order that I may glory, but have not love, I gain nothing. I just wanna challenge you today. Some of you are here and you're like, Johnny Mac, that's just not me. Maybe it is that you were hurt when you were growing up and it's like you were not shown love. Maybe it is that you've been hurt and you, when I talk like this, when I talk about being loved, you think, well, I'm not like that. I didn't grow up in that. 
I wanna challenge you today. I'd like for you to allow me to be bold in your life and say the darkness that maybe you were taught when you were younger, do you really wanna repeat that? There is nothing but stumbling and confusion and darkness. If I was Dr. Phil, I know I've said it before, how's that working for you? Don't stay lost in the darkness. Have a love of another kind. Jesus shows a better way. Don't stay lost in the darkness. Some of you have hard hearts and you're like, man, that's not who I am. That's not how I am. Let me tell you something. There's a better way. Love in the light as he is in the light. For love is from God. And every person who knows God loves God. Because love is from God, folks. So I just want to give you this. This is why the word of God is so important for us. You can build your life on, listen, on something more than just what this world has taught you. That you can learn a love of another kind. And so I pray that you will grow. And that's what verses 12 through 14 really are right there. There are various levels of the Christian life. You see it. I'm writing to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven. Verse 14, I write to you fathers because you know him who is from the beginning. I write to you young men because you are strong. You see that. John addresses three groups here. Uh, dear children, fathers, and young men. You see that? You see he kind of repeated himself over and over. Now, some commentaries kind of discuss this, and they talk about it as like spiritual maturity. Like some are, you know, young in the faith, and then some are a little more mature, and then some of you really get it. Uh, and then others indicate that it's merely uh, three age groups being identified, like I do. Say, so, hey, whether you're a student, or whether you're a young parent, or whether you're a grandparent, you know, I do that kind of thing here. But here's what I want you to do. I think we've lost what you see inside verse, verses 12 through 14 because John writes this word, because. Everybody say, because. Now, I want you to say it like you mean it. Everybody say, because. Because. Because if you look at verse 12, it says, because your sins have been forgiven. Verse 13, because we know the one who always has been. Verse 13, because we have overcome the evil one. Verse 14, because we know the Father. Verse 14, again, because we know that he always has been, because we are strong, because the word lives in us. Verse 14, because we have overcome the evil one. And this incredible encouragement, we need to be encouraged because of him, because of what he has done, because your sins are forgiven, because we know the one who has always has been. We know because we have overcome the evil one, because we know the Father, because we know that he has always been, because we are strong, because the word lives in us, because we have overcome the evil one. And we should be reminded time and time again of where we've come from. God has brought us a mighty long way. And it's because of what he's done in our life. Let's not drift away from the most important things. The natural tendency 
and what the evil one is doing in, our, in this community and in our lives is to come and to kill and to steal and destroy. Let's not be like the world. Let's have the fruits of the Spirit. Let's love one another. Let's be a peculiar people. So last week, last week we talked about the first test in the seven, series of seven here, is keeping his commands. Keeping his commands. And then today, in verses seven through 11, the second test you see is loving our neighbor. How are we doing? How are we doing at loving our neighbor to loving other people? And then the third thing there in verses 12 through 14, remembering your spiritual growth. In other words, am I growing? Am I grasping hold of what God has done for me? Am I growing in that? And I have come here this morning to tell you to not believe the lie. Your destiny is to be more like Christ. You were created in the image of God to have a love relationship with him. You were created for eternity. Don't settle for less. Keep growing in the light. Put out the darkness. You are the light of the world. And some of you have believed the lie. There's no hope for me. It's just the way life is and everything. I just want to encourage you today because of what God has done. Because, 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 because. We can know him. We can grow in him. There's some days where I get, I struggle. And I'm like, man, I should be farther down the road in this. Or I have setbacks in my life and I think, oh man. And I start talking to myself in a way that I would never talk to other people. And I'm realizing that I have to not lose hope, to be encouraged. So I'm here today, wherever you are, for you not to wander away from God. Let's keep first things first. Love the Lord with everything you have. And you have something that was not in the Old Testament. And that was an in abiding, empowering of the Holy Spirit that, John, that Jesus promised in John 14. That God is working in you. And don't wander away Say, today, that's far enough. And I want to challenge you today just to continue to grow, lean in to what God is doing. Father, I pray that we would be grateful for the work of the cross and for what you've done in our life. And that, Lord, that would not get old. That, Lord, we would know that we're being made into a new creation. I, Father, I pray against the schemes of the evil one that would tell us that we are failing. Lord, I pray that we'd remember because of what you've done today that we would love you and that we would love others. Lord, many of us do not know how to love. Lord, we pray, first of all, help our unbelief. And now, Lord, I pray against the schemes of the evil one. 
And I pray, Lord, that you'd help us. Give us your love, Lord, because so many times we don't even have love to give. So, Lord, I'm praying that you would give us a supernatural love to help us to love others and to prefer others. Father, what's impossible with us is possible with you because of who you are. Lord, do a peculiar thing in us. Help us, Lord, to love. Help us, Lord, to love when we don't feel like it, Lord. Forgive us, Lord, of our feelings addiction. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. We are nothing without you. Help us to love, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, today, as we get together, you got a bulletin when you came in, and in it, Elijah, yeah, let there be light. Yes, no more in the darkness, all right? No more in the darkness. Uh, You see in your bulletin right there uh, that there is an insert that talks about various ministries in our church. And as we, I just want you to know that our church does not exist with so many people who serve here in many capacities, in many ways. And you saw a few of them as you came in. There are people that handed you a bulletin, different things like that. I want want to reemphasize that we want to be a people that are not consumers, but we're contributors. And as I said, our, our task here is to fill up heaven. And so I don't come at you this morning with any pressure any sense of duty. I just, I come with a complete freedom just to let you know because so many of our opportunities never get mentioned. So we try to take today. So I'm gonna ask our ministry leaders to come up. Don't be shy. Come on, Luke. Some of you guys, come on up and stand at the various places. And uh, you'll see right here up front, we did this up front because we're running out of space, but uh, over here is children. And right here in children's ministry is also where you'd find not only the opportunities to serve many of our children on Sunday morning, Sunday night in various ways, but it's also a place where Grace Ministry, which is our ministry to special needs, and that takes a lot of folks to help in that ministry. That's where you would sign up to start a conversation there. And we have worship ministry here. And then over here, we have our facilities and events. So if you want to get in on helping Jeremy finish our auditorium, and then as well, other things like serving at Fall Fest. There's places to sign up to serve at Fall Fest and take care of all kinds of things like the flower beds and all kinds. You, you have that abilities that I don't. And then we have missions and outreach, which is a place where you want to plug in if that's your passion. And then student ministry, as well as welcome and care. I want to point out our welcome and care. We'd really like to up, uh, we really would like to uh, do even better job with trying to touch people. If your thing is like, you are great at, you have a personality, you're friendly, you love people and everything. We'd love for you to serve and be a part of welcoming people. I just want to tell you, you, people who greet and serve, you may do more than any sermon. I, I just can't say how important it is that we try to be the hands and feet of Christ. And so all these places, we just, this is just an entrance ramp. And if you're interested, if you're new with us and you wanted to plug in, we just wanted to create this opportunity. We did not want to give you any kind of, you know, any kind of guilt trip or anything. We want you to be here and we're glad you're here. 
But if you want to get plugged in and serve, and like, man, your thing is you like people or you like to weed flower beds or whatever that is, or you, we, here's an example. There's a family who has a daughter who is blind and they've been thinking about coming to church, but they're like, it's not been really good for us. And so uh, going to church, well, th- this might create an opportunity. Maybe there's some deaf children that might need somebody that can sign. Maybe you can sign, that kind of thing is what we're talking about where you have a passion and you wanna lead in it too. So we're gonna let you kind of come here and begin a conversation with the ministry leaders. And for all of you, I pray that God would be with you and you'd have a great week. Have a great week. God bless you.